The Reef Therapy Podcast is powered by ICP Analysis. If you'd like to win a free saltwater ICP analysis kit and a freshwater analysis kit, all you have to do is leave a comment down below using the hashtag what's in your water. If you're listening to the audio only version, head on over to YouTube and you can enter in the comment section there. ICP Analysis will test over 50 elements down to parts per trillion. These tests can also be used to see if there's any undesirable elements in your aquarium as well. Register your aquarium on the ICP Analysis app, fill your sample, place it back into the bag, slap on that included postage, and have your results one to three days after it's received. More at icpanalysis.com. Hey, Reef Builders, welcome to episode number 86 of the Reef Therapy Podcast. We're so close to 5,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So if you could like, subscribe, hit the bell notification so that you know whenever we upload new videos. Today, Raj and I are joined by a very special guest. His name is Jim Graham, AKA Telegram on all the socials, most notably Instagram uh, and YouTube. He's an Air Force veteran, so thank you for your service. You. Uh, Veterans Day is coming up, so thanks to all of our vets. Uh, Jim is an avid reefer. Uh, he is fighting for the average reef keeper, and he is also a lover of emergency backup plans. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> budget gear today, why big companies don't like him, and we've also, if we've got time, we'll do the emergency backup solutions via Jim. Uh, this is therapy after all, so let's get to it. Jim, I'll let you start with any trials and tribulations you are currently going through right now with your system. What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me. And I think, I think, so I hear things uh, on the internet because everything there is for Riz. Uh, I think mixed reef people have mixed reef probs. And I think I'm going through a little bit of that. So my 100-gallon IM has been up for about 10 months. And I have everything in there that should be pissing off everything else. So I've got chalices and elegance and a big old anemone, Ghani. And, you know, for some reason, my acros aren't super excited about living in that experience. I, uh, you know, I threw some carbon in and we'll see how that goes. Um, and that's just one thing I've changed just to see if anything happens. But that's my uh, that's my current reef challenge. Everything else is going fine. That was an easy tank to start up. No issues. But um, I've got uh, I've got a Disney that's kind of pieced out on me. I have fragged. It was a much larger piece that I had received back from a friend who was holding it for me, Lynn. And and I cut it all up, and I've got a bunch of frags on the rack, and all the frags are fine. It's just the one I had on the rocks is pissed. So we'll see. Advice? Yeah. And that that Disney was uh, was prolific at, at one oh, yeah. point. I remember when you had, the, uh, you had a tank that was <laughs> underneath your stairs <laughs> to your basement, right? I've yeah, never seen yeah, so much equipment shoved in a small place other than, you know, Richard Ross's, uh, his crawl space. Um, and but yeah, that, tell us what you did with that Disney. Cause you, you blasted that thing. Oh yeah. That one, that one had all sorts of lights and every kind of light I could come up with. That's when I was very early into playing around with different lights and I would just hit it with a whole bunch of light, bunch of par 600 or so. And it was, it was pretty happy. One time it, lost all of its color but it still had polyps it was transparent it had transparent tissue and polyps and this the hence the dead disney name uh it came back and it came back with a vengeance uh eventually that system i went through uh, a weird bacterial what i assumed to be a bacterial challenge 
lost a lot, um, gave out a whole bunch of those pieces, and it came back to me. So it was nice that I was able to share, and I shared it locally, and I wouldn't charge much, or I'd give it away. And like, this guy was like, uh, I don't want one of those Disney's. I'm, I'm concerned that I'll kill it. I was like, well, here's a small one. Try it. It's free. Enjoy, and let me know. And I actually got it back from him at one point, too. So, you know, that's been a fun quarrel. I think that that's Disney's... It's pretty uh it's pretty hardy, I think, in the it is Acropora world. Yep. It's a pretty hardy coral. Um but yeah, so thanks, I, I don't know. I feel like that's it, why I'm killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're at that point in that tank's life where I don't know what are your what are your nutrients sitting at? Because I feel like that's the biggest thing is you've got you've got a mixed reef and you've got you know, yep. you're trying to cater to everybody, right? But um, you know, someone's gotta gotta kind of suffer a little bit, right? And I would imagine that's the acros and the the oh, you know God. SPS at this point. Is that kind of what's going on? Um, phosphate 0.07, nitrate is 14, and alkalinity is nine. And that's I usually range one in you know 0.15 to 0.05 ish phosphate. I don't. Know. I don't. I don't worry about those fine. too much. Yeah, yeah. Everything's cool in there. Um, ICP's fine. I don't know. Something in there is very much irritating everybody else, and it could be all sorts of different things. Yeah. Yeah, and a mixed reef could be almost anything. Yeah. It's, it's tough to tell. I mean, once one of those corals gets pissed off, you get all that chemical warfare going on. Oh, and two of your Bahama Llama, whatever the hell's your uh, your weeping willows. There's two of those in there, and uh, the big devil's hand leather, green leather from the National Aquarium in Baltimore is in that tank. So I mean, it could be any of those. Your your Walt Very Disney cool. when it lost its color and it came back, mm-hmm. was it the same or did you notice any differences? Uh, good question. I did not notice any difference. Oof. But that was a long time ago. That was a different system. Yeah. That was the system that lived underneath the stairs, <laughs> attached to the system out okay. in the basement itself. So we'll see what this one does. Some tissue stayed. With it mine started, Disney, I, uh, I, I could never get the, uh, the yellows and the purples oh. to come out of it. It was always very green. <laughs> yeah, if you go back like 2019 and look at the the... The, the Disney's that were living in that frag tank, they were every color. They were so pretty. That tank was bulletproof until it wasn't. Yeah. And what was the lighting under that? Yeah. When you had the great coloration? Oh, that went through all sorts of different. So it started with um, two Gen 2 XR30s and a Reef Bright. And then it went to two of the... Uh, 470 bars from AliExpress hanging on the sides. It turned into this Battlestar Galactica looking thing. And so then the Radeons. It was all LEDs, yeah. And then uh, the Metris, two Metris, 7602s went on top of that tank, also with 470 bars. So it's always been LEDs. Interesting. And that's when I saw different coloration between the Gen 4 XR30 that was over the 45 and the two Metris with... Uh, 380 nanometer UV 
those Disney's had different colors. So I could take a Disney from the frag tank and put it right next to the one that was just under the radion and it was slightly different color. It was noticeable. Did you have more green under the UV? No. No, it was brighter, more orangey. Interesting. It was all made up in my mind, too. It could have been anything, but... Part of similar, (laughs) and you really... No, no. (laughs) that's right. (laughs) It's just making up the colors. No, I just put them in Photoshop. Like, you know, that's what we do. Make them look pretty. Give them Exactly. Well, I can give a update on the Red Sea, which is kind of evolving more rapidly on the Reef Therapy channel than it is on the Reef Builders channel, which is kind of funny. Uh, Update soon, if not already up at this point. But uh, obviously water in. I got some corals in. Uh, You can't see they're on a rack. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw a rack. A little rack back there. Those are doing okay. Um, and I think the, uh, the next step is going to be transferring fish from the tub over to the tank. I have grown to not like the tub. Oh, I had, you know, I was, I was kind of digging the tub. It's like a new look. It's like, you got a little local fish shop in your home, you know, the look down all the things, but it's hard to clean. It's loud. Um, so yeah, I'm ready to get this thing out of my, my basement so that I can just focus on the big guy. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, that's been, uh, that's been kind of a struggle lately and the corals are ready too. <laughs> They're like, get us out of here, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying, I'm, I'm just, it's time to strap in for the, uh, dial in phase, I think for the next six months to a year on that big guy. And because this is the largest tank that I've ever had, uh, getting used to that and getting used to what that life is like, because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of men and women in this hobby who have had nothing but nano tanks or nothing but you know smaller than 50 gallon tanks, whether that be you know from a budget reason or a space reason, and then they jump up into the into the big guys, and uh, hopefully I'm hoping that things move slower, like changes happen slower and. Uh, you know, corals and fish are more happy, you know, less stressed out. So I'm hoping that's, that's, what's, that's, what's going on. But yeah, lights are up. Everything's red sea at this point. The only thing that's not mm-hmm. red sea is the heater. Um, and that is just a titanium heater. I've got an ink bird on there, just kind of, you know, keeping it steady at like 76, 77. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rocking and rolling. Finally, Finally got it up. Again, still need to manage those wires, but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Blue versus white. Well, how do you uh, how do you set up the lights? Uh, currently, because you know I've I've had the ninety here. Yeah, currently this is uh, not fully dialed in yet. Right now mm-hmm. it's at we're winding down. Uh, this is at sixty eight percent white and twelve percent blue at this point, but. Uh, you know, you put any indication of blue on those LEDs on any normal camera and it just looks like it's, yep. you know, yeah. super blue. So, um, but I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean more white on this, on this tank as I do want it to be SP, SPS heavy in the future, but I'm trying to be patient as much as I possibly can with that. I did recently get a, uh, a pink Nephthia, which I'm super excited about. 
Um, I've had Pink Nephi in the past, but uh, this came in on a tank breakdown at my local fish store, at my local fish store, and I got a great deal on it. It's a huge bunch. It's like hmm, probably four or five stocks of Pink Nephi, and I got it for like it was like seventy bucks or something. And I feel like the little frags they go for hundred dollars easy yep. these days. So I think that's what's definitely going to happen in this tank right here. Is it's just going to be leathers, um, toads, you know, things like that. So, but uh, we'll, it's we'll cool get there. to see. Uh, it's cool to see that thing coming together. Which one? <laughs> you both. It's exciting <laughs> to see you go because you know what I had, right? I had an old Oscar tank. It was a forty-five gallon cube. Yeah. Then plumbed that into a forty breeder that Mogi bought for me one day when he was over at the store. I mean, that was what I had. I had nothing but not fancy. Yeah. And then the IM shows up that I, you know, I, I bought that when I was on sale. I was like, this is a great deal for a hundred gallon tank. I was like, oh, these are way nicer than what I'm used to. I think you were talking about, you know, starting small, starting with nano, doing that. Uh, I think what grabbed my attention most with having a nice tank is now I want to keep it nice. Yeah. And I didn't do that before. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you talk about wire management is certainly a thing, but then I want to keep my dosing lines neater. I want the sump to stay clean. I'm doing things that I never did before yep. because my tank looks nice. It's, somebody had asked me on an old llama video recently in, in the comments. They said, did you ever get around to wire management on that thing? And I said, nope. <laughs> I actually broke that down before I got to it. So, <laughs> but it was funny because even even on that channel when I would make videos, like right, you know, over my left shoulder, you would see just this just umbilical of cords that were not in any way, shape, or form, uh, you know, managed whatsoever. But it worked, and I feel like a lot yeah. of people kind of get away with that. The one person that told me to get my act together with with cords was Jake. Oh, yeah. And I remember that comment so vividly and it was for the lagoon tank, which I ended up getting, ended up making my own control board. And then I eventually got an adaptive reef board. So now it's like super nice. But, uh, I remember him saying, you know, for your next video, I, I, uh, I want you to get the cords off the ground. And I was like, yeah, I will do that. No, thank you. You and I talked on the phone not long after that comment hit you, and that was weighing heavy on you. Yeah, it was. It was. Because he, I, I know that like we had talked a couple times back and forth about the willow, and uh, yeah. and then when, when he came at me with that, I was like, gosh, dang it. He's right. He's so right. <laughs> and that's why it hits hard. You know, it, it's, They only hit hard when you're also insecure about it. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later with generators and emergency backups and how that weighs heavy Ooh. on me with you and your comments um, and what's going on there. But let's, uh, let's get a Raj office tank update first. Oh, it's the big waiting game now. You know, sump is in fabrication. Um, I actually took a little reel of the UV control box or panel and I totally didn't post it because... I suck at doing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and ordered some stuff for the lights. And uh, I'm going with a like this blown glass fixture that I'm going to put together, and then hide the reef lamp, the reef lights inside of that. So I cool. think it's going to look cool, but we'll see when the glass actually gets made and gets here. Um, so so that's, you've got like blown glass lampshades 
Is that how I'm interpreting that? I, I don't really know how to say it. Um, it's going to look like upside down bowls? No. I mean, I get, I get a lot of <laughs> flack for like, the terms that I use. And so I'm, I'm being exceptionally mindful of what to even call these things. But they're, they're it's not a pendant style light because the, the, the fixtures, the uh, AIs are not going to fit in a pendant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's going to be, let's say, like a rectangle chandelier. Oh. And it's going oh, um who's that artist? Um Banksy. No, but I that would be Pablo of Casa. Uh Chil <laughs> Ch begins with a C. Chil something. Uh, Chil something. Ansel, Ansel Adams. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's in a now is this, is this a, a light fixture artist? Chaluli. Yeah, no, it's a glass glass guy. Chaluli? Oh, Julie. We, have the, we have a huge installation right now at the Botanical Gardens here in St. Louis. Yeah. It's like uh, wispy yes. kind of yes, glass right. pieces. Yeah, Those okay. So if they things. fall, they will kill you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. C-H-I-H-U-L-Y. Right. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've got a huge installation right now. That's, dude, you're so fancy. You're so fancy. <laughs> you are fancy. It's like a Medusa, Medusa light. Got yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. So, because I, I wanted it to look different. I wanted to have just that different, really different look. And I struggled to find um, chandeliers or fixtures that I could adapt. And then at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens, we have a lot of the, the Chalui stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna massacre that name every single time. Just say um, Dale. <laughs> is his first name Dale? Cholula. Yeah. His first name is Dale. And he's got an eye patch. Dude, I'm not really? making that up. Gosh, I love yeah, this for real. man. Yes. I love him. <laughs> so Dale. Dale just doesn't sound right. That's not fancy. No, yeah. no, just roll it so sure. then do something funny with the E. <laughs> right. So <laughs> So you're gonna throw Hydra sixty fours up in these. You're gonna have yep. how many fixtures? Three? Two, four? Uh, I think three. I don't remember what Kate said. <clears throat> I think three would do it. It's five I feet? I think it's three. Six feet. Six feet. Six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Three will do it. Yeah. Dude, that, that'll look cool. Jim and I had the longest conversation about, about some sort of decorative lampshade option for, gosh, someone's going to steal this. I'm saying it now. <laughs> um, but some sort of like lampshade that would go over you know the radions and yep. the primes and you know because no offense to all the lighting companies but these things are ugly they're mm -hmm. ugly yeah right and if there was a solution to make them fit more with like an interior design motif i think that'd be awesome and that's exactly what i was going for is to just kind of blend in so that it's not that obvious reflight you know it doesn't look like you've got little laptops or tablets on top of your tank yeah, and I mean that—that's the reef reefer look, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. But I just wanted it to be—I—I I just wanted to do something. I, I like—I don't know—I I like making things just a little bit better. Um, do you have so a blown hole for the wires? That. What's that? Do you have a blown hole through the the assembly itself for the wires to? Well, I'm going What I'm doing is I'm going to make a base or a frame. I'm going to make a frame to where the AIs will mount to. And so all the okay. wires will go in that. 
and then the glass parts will be attached to that frame. Cool. And hopefully 99% of them survive while I try and figure out how to do it. So I, I did request holes in those glass pieces so that I can tie mm -hmm. those onto the, onto the frame. But That'll we'll cool. see. Hopefully. Yeah. Sounds like Raj stole your idea, Remy, without knowing it. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, I mean, even uh, I think Queen of Reef, uh, she's got um, <clears throat> what I'm imagining to be what I've seen at Ikea are those kind of big, those big, what I would imagine like, you know, the gym light fixture kind of look, but yeah, more decorative. Yeah. The only issue with that is it's hard to hide the wire there. And I'm mm -hmm. sure she could probably drill a hole and come up over the, you know, through the, I don't know, whatever you call it, like the end piece of that. But uh, that's the that's the issue is that if you're retrofitting, uh, you're always going to have to deal with that extra, you know, cord management or hiding of that. So or if there was a system for that, I think it'd be great. I was looking for pendants that were jellyfish or mm. because I thought that would kind of look cool or maybe an octopus one, but didn't really find anything great yeah that would have been easier if i just <laughs> <something>. <laughs> i don't know how i would have felt about an octopus hanging out over your tank <laughs> it would have been rad it would have been big <laughs> i don't know uh, dale's yeah. got some fancy things he does, <laughs> yeah. he does. so uh, uh, one more question about the lights and then we'll, we'll move on but are, are they going to be are they going to be colored? Like, are you having them colored orange or yellow or green, the or are they just going to be clear? Yeah. No, the glass is um, white, bl uh, darker blue, and like a medium blue. So it's a white and blue. Kind of, it it keeps with the ocean theme, right? It's mm -hmm. that coloration. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. thought about it doing like a a red and yellow and orange and really go more towards the fire color, but that just seemed a little, a little intense. Yeah. So, so far we've got frosted back glass. That's not necessarily used in saltwater aquariums yeah. a lot. And then these fixtures that you've got going on. Yeah. Uh, so this could end up being so. a, a giant turd. Well, and then you, and then <laughs> if, if the, if the aquascape outside of the tank also works, then you've got you've got one hell of a unique tank, my friend. Got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So I was chatting What's... with Harley about that. We're talking about embedding magnets in the rock, and um, I'm still not <clears throat> sure about the magnet route. Yeah, Harley from PNW. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, for the people keeping track at home, what is this? Twenty-five minutes in. <laughs> uh, it's C H I H U L Y. C H I H. Yeah, Chihuly. Chihuly. I think we're, we're we. I think we need to make some sort of um marker or like an announcement. Where you press yeah. the button and you starting now. <laughs> I'll just start. I'll put it in the description. Uh, let you know when Reef Talk, Reef Talk starts. Uh, for those that don't know you, Jim, what is your story in a nutshell? Uh, when I retired from the Air Force, I was making $60,000 a year and I didn't have enough money to do anything I wanted to do. 
So I always learned that was after 20 years, 16 days. So I always learned how to do things on a budget, which drove, I mean, I have hobbies that are relatively expensive, right? I was, I was riding motorcycles on a track, uh, photography, computing, all of those things cost money. And when you're not making a lot of money and supporting a family, there's not a lot of money left. So you learn how to do some things on a budget. How's that? That's great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's how it all started. So a lot of DIY. So there's a, yeah, a lot of DIY, but to do that effectively, you, you need to know what, um, what's out there. What are the commercial offerings that, uh, that everybody loves, right? So I've got a, I, after retirement, I moved into pharmaceuticals. That's a little different pay. You made a little bit more money in pharmaceuticals. I made a little <laughs> bit more money. And so I've got, you know, I've got a box of old radions, um, working my way up from black boxes to radions to, not a lot of pumps. I didn't do a lot of fancy stuff there, but it was really focused around lights. The way for me to learn what works, what the options are, and then what the either gray market or alternative market options that would maybe meet 80, 90% of the, what we consider in the hobby to be top gear. You know, what, what does that equipment look like and what do I need to do to um, determine equivalency? So a lot of that have to do with if we're just focusing on lights, you know, having the equipment, having spectrometers, having the par meters, having a, a method of measuring spread, um, having all those things to both learn equivalency and share equivalency and then also keep my old man brain busy so I've got something to do. What was your, some, something your focus in the Air Force? Was it were you electrician? Yeah, I was an electrician. So I was a two A six seven six aircraft environmental. So it was air. Con it was a electrician, and then they added environmental systems, which included like airplane air conditioning. So fun things, right? I mean, yeah, regular KC one thirty five stuff. Uh, got to fly an F sixteen like um, like you with the F eighteen. Um, I worked on the B-2 stealth bomber when it was coming out of black into gray, did that for six years or so, and then moved to the YAL-1A airborne laser, which was this 747 with six suburban-sized chemical oxygen iodine laser generators that would then collate, coalesce all of the photons into a single tube and shoot it out the front of the plane and blow up a missile a couple hundred clicks downrange, right? I mean, so I'm working with... You know, I mean, laser guys are rocket engineers for the most part. So you, you work with these cool guys and you're the dumbest guy in the room, which I thoroughly enjoy. I mean, that's a that's an environment I love. So you just take it all in and you ask questions and they look at you, but they're cool and they share. Um, that's what I would that's what I like the hobby to be this particular hobby. So we learn cool things from cool people and then we share that information. Yeah, that was a little deep. Sorry. No, I like it. I, that was I feel cool. like that's that's what this podcast is all about, and I think what Reef Builders is all about is you know just kind of the the sharing of information, the sharing 
whether that be science based or anecdotal, mm -hmm. uh, whatever that the whatever the case might be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off some things here uh, that I know you for, not just these things, the things that I've seen you post about <clears throat> oversaturated photos, <laughs> overpriced gear, no. uh, lighting that doesn't live up to its specs, uh, reefing as an expensive hobby, no. the the other side of that where it's, it yeah. doesn't have to be, doesn't have um, to be. but, uh, choose one of those things and let's just, let's just go down. Let's just go down the path. Maybe it's overpriced gear or lighting. Uh, hit Photoshop first. So I've lived in Photoshop since 1.5. I know Photoshop really, really well because of my photography hobby. I shot professionally for a while. Uh, while on the airborne laser, I was their lead photographer and I built the photography shop and we brought people in to support that, to man that facility. And I mean, I know Photoshop. So when I'm looking at these pictures, I'm like, why the hell is this coral have makeup on it? I mean, the coral's cool. So I'll take blown out pictures and I'll flip them the other way. So I'll reverse everything that's been done to them and then I'll share those pictures just because, I mean, stop doing that. I mean, you're going <laughs> to, you're creating these unrealistic, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, mm, you see these perfectly fit people yeah. and they are marketing a clothing line or whatever. Right. And you're like, well, I don't look like that. But then you, you buy these corals that are just, they're blown out and the colors are crazy and they show up and then you're not able to live up to whatever you, whatever expectation you may have for your abilities. Or you just want this fancy coral that looks awesome and shows up and it's a little meh. That's because it never looked like that. It doesn't, I mean, that's just not what it looks like. So yeah. I think that that's enticing to the beginning hobbyist as well. I feel like as you progress, if you progress on to a couple years in the hobby you kind of yeah. get over that a little bit and now at least for me who has friends like tyler inland underscore reef who you know i don't know the last blue blue tank he's had and has <laughs> yep. just you know developed these biotopes of you know the caribbean or mangroves or whatever the case may be and, and it's just beautiful gosh a, they're beautiful. B, they're so much easier to video and photo. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. just like you don't have to like yep. put an orange filter on and, and adjust the white <laughs> balance. But I can see where, you know, it's to a beginner, it's very, you know, it's like uh, I, I go back to like Abu in Aladdin when he's going for the ruby <laughs> in uh, in the whatever. What is that? Uh, the, uh, the cave? The, the cave of wonders, right? So... It's, it's just one of those things where you see it and you're like, I want that, I want that. And then yeah. you get into the hobby a little bit more and you, you, your expectations are, they, they, they go down a little bit for, for stuff like that. Cause you, you've seen it in so many different environments at that point. You know, you've seen a green tenuous in 15 different tanks across all this, you know, all blues of the spectrum and all, sure. you know, all the different lighting techniques and things that people have. And you know what it looks like naked without any yeah, makeup right. on right without um, any makeup so yeah i think i think that that changes over time but it, it probably lures the beginners in a little bit more yeah blue's fun i dig blue right i give myself an hour of blue in the morning and an hour of blue at night but um blue pictures are fine you don't have to bump up saturation that's it it's the saturation that gets me they're yep yeah they're selling something that's not real 
And that's yep. where the new hobbyists get really stung. And that's dangerous to the hobby, right? Because corals aren't cheap and you're going to spend nope. all this money and you, those corals aren't going to look like what you ordered. And then you go down that rabbit hole that, well, maybe it's, you know, my issue. Maybe I need to change my lights and maybe I need to change this. And then you go through that process of spending way more money than you really would have needed to if they would have just honestly represented the corals, you know, as they are. Okay. And, you know, you, you say that we, we get our expectations down. I don't consider that down. I consider it that we've learned our lesson that there's a certain <laughs> number of vendors that are going to rip you off, you know, like, <laughs> pre- I, like I, I bought, I bought corals from a vendor just to see what they looked like in person. Cause I knew the photos were off and I was having a, a, I mean, it was not an argument, but it was a disagreement with a local. Those are accurate colors. I was like, they are so not accurate, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, it's not saturation. It's vibrance, Jim. It's Vibrance. both. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's both. Contrast. See, back in the Exposure. Halo days, it was a little bit easier to spot the Photoshopping because you just look at the um, the grate that they're on when it's supposed to be yep. white and it's this deep purple that we're not getting under <laughs> highlights. You're like, okay, you don't have to. So that's why, like, Keith, you've had, you've had Reef Bum on. Keith's pictures are great. His pictures under highlight are fantastic. And yeah. he doesn't mess with the stuff that, I mean, you can look at the pictures he has on that peninsula and they're clean. He doesn't have to. That's it. Because his corals are yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I got to say there are, there's a handful of corals that just don't, don't look good under blue. And that's pretty much all your blue corals, right? Um, but like the pink nephthia that I just got. Yep. It just, it, honestly, I'm looking at it right now. It just looks like a Kenya tree. The dude at the LFS almost sold it to me as a Kenya, Kenya tree. And I was like, dude, you think I'm coming in here to buy Kenya tree? <laughs> Come on. Oh, you went like that on him, did you? Well, I shouldn't have because it would have been $10 <laughs> instead of like 75 or whatever I paid for it. But uh, I, it was kind of an insult. Um, anyways, but like Pink Nephthia looks great under under white light you know that's the only that's the only way you're going to be able to appreciate the pink of it um a lot of pink bird's nest uh, like the immortal tort and the uh, reef builder studio oregon tort all those guys just kind of look silhouette in in a blue light so uh i like i like the uh the idea of you know the more white light during the main Mm -hmm. part of and giving yourself the blues on the on the front and the back so and I like fish. I always wanted the whiter lights anyway. Yeah. Because the fish yeah. don't look good under blues. Overpriced gear, Jim. Overpriced gear. <laughs> I think so overpriced is difficult. So I mean that one's very that's talking about somebody's mama. Um <laughs> it's that like one's difficult to navigate. So MRC sums are garbage, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Um <clears throat> it's it is if the only gear that's marketed is very expensive gear then people think that's all there is and i think expensive gear has um has a veritable cornucopia of cheerleaders so they don't necessarily need more so 
I, I'm a big fan of expensive stuff. I have expensive stuff, but I'm also always remembering that I, uh, I wasn't in the position I am right now. So what are the alternatives that, like I said earlier, that'll meet 80, 90 and sometimes hundred percent of what you need from expensive gear, but only with inexpensive gear. So what are those alternatives? And I share those alternatives and they're not for everybody. And I don't expect them to be for everybody. And then always, and in the back of my mind, right. I was like, these people know I have nice things too. So (laughs) it's, it's okay to have both, but if there's somebody out there who can't afford, or maybe, I mean, you know, uh, maybe Jabo gives them the opportunity to have a nice dinner that month. It could be that simple. So what do you really need? Like I'm not running, uh, I'm running apps. I'm running dirt cheap, um, return pump and J bows in the tank. I don't have anything nice there where I'll put my nice. I think it's appropriate placement of nice. Uh, I'll have nice in the controller and I'll have, uh, I'll have nice in the lights because that's what I have right now. But I also will then also, that's a lot of also's, I'll share alternatives, uh, especially lighting, that will get people what they need. There's a difference between expensive and overpriced, though. Yeah, but it's so, it's, that's... (laughs) Those are two different, very different thoughts. It is, but it's difficult to navigate because they <laughs> tend to, at times, overlap. So sure, but they are. Um, there's there's two different connotations to that. Something can be expensive and be true to value, right? It's not overpriced. Overpriced agreed. is stating that the it's above its value. There is the um, the aspect of reputation influencing price where I'll pull out a, a Refi Uno 2.0 Pro at $480 and I'll put that head-to-head with any, except for maybe ATI, any um, main fixture and I'll be perfectly comfortable that the Uno will hold its own and in some cases will exceed um, build quality, warranty, power, and spectrum. So what are we, what are we doing here? So it's like, you just need to go to the grocery store. You can take a Lamborghini or you can take a Corolla, right? It's still going to sure. grow the corals. The, it's just yep. going to look a little different, right? Um, now I think that there's some nuance to that uh, as there is with all things in this category, but, uh, I, I think that's kind of maybe more of the lane you're kind of swimming in Jim. I don't, I don't mean to put overpriced dimensional because you have more than just that. You have, yes, both of them get you there. Um, but let's just stick with cars, right? You have a different experience on how you get there. You've got sure. the, let's say the dealerships, the dealerships are going to treat you differently. Um, and if that's not important to you, then that it's just not a consideration, right? But if you enjoy mm-hmm. that part of it, then that has value for you. If you enjoyed getting there a lot faster or you enjoyed getting there more comfortable, less comfortable, whatever, whatever those parameters are, that's where value starts to take 
take place in that product. You know, you've got, you, you do have the warranty to consider that has value. Uh, you have brand yep. reputation. Are they going to be there? Uh, what, there was a guy that was peddling gear that promised a lifetime warranty. And what was it, six months ago or something? He was like, yeah, you know what? Screw you guys. Screw your <laughs> warranty. Screw your money. I'm out. What, yeah. what good is that lifetime warranty now? Right? Zero. And there's pride. And then there's, yeah, there is. There's pride. There's absolutely um, people buy nice things to say they have nice things or to feel good about the fact that they have nice things. There's that. So there's, there's value there too. element that goes into it that gives you value, right? So some people, I, I, I get roasted for shoes because I just, I'm just not that into shoes. And, um, <laughs> which I is always, a weird thing for you to say. I don't know why that's just, it just it doesn't line up with the whole Raj But you experience. both are watch guys too, right? <laughs> yes. That's, that's what makes it try to be <laughs> right. So, but you know, like my shoes, my, my sneakers, I used to have like a $30 or $35 limit. I'm not spending any more than that. It's creeped up since, but it's still really, really low. And I just don't get into the hype shoes and any of that. And it yep. just, to me, there's no value. So I'm like, I can't believe you spent that much money on those shoes. But to the people that love those shoes, they love everything about it. And it has value to them. It's not expensive. Yes. I mean, it's expensive, but it's not overpriced for them. It's overpriced for me because I just don't get it. Right. It doesn't give me all those other values. It doesn't, I don't feel cool when I'm walking around with, with those shoes. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a, it's a personal choice thing, right? And, right. Right. Um, and that's what, to your point, makes it difficult to navigate because there's no line, right? Yep. What maybe what was expensive to you at a 60 K salary is no longer expensive to you at a 250 K salary. Damn Jim. That's good. I mean, those are his numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I can solve the problem here, and I will say, get a Chinese light fixture, you know, whatever that Viper Spectre or whatever, and then get a Cholule lampshade <laughs> over it, and now we're we're good to go. It's like yeah, a fake roll. Make up for your light. <laughs> so I just I um, that glass is going to be way more than the <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just like. To the to to the original point, I just want to share alternatives that oh, will yeah. totally meet a reefer's need, no matter what their budget is. Yeah, and I think that can get confused sometimes with maybe you know you being known as like a reefing vigilante or something. <laughs> you know why why doesn't why doesn't big reefing like Jim? <laughs> uh, you know, a reef dork put it. Re reef dork put it. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. I've heard different things. Well, but, he's in big uh, pharma, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm in medium pharma. Oh, okay. Reef okay. Dork once said, why is it that you bring out all the flat earthers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting way of putting it. Uh, because I invite it, I suppose. I mean, I'm not quiet about it. I enjoy it. I think there absolutely is a, I mean, I'm, I'm not seeking clicks. I'm not seeking money. Um, I'm seeking fun. Like this is, this is part of my hobby. This may not be part of your hobby or your hobby or your hobby, but it's, it's part of mine. 
It, well, the it hobby should be fun. And it can be. It can. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just about the tanks and the corals and the fish and whatever. It's you know, part of the fun. I used to love about my local reef club way back in the day was not necessarily the fish and the coral and the gear, but the community. You know, mm-hmm. just getting together with other fish dorks. And that, to me, really made the hobby. And then, you you know, I graduated and... And, and attended my first magna and I thought, holy shit, there's a lot of us out here and this is really cool. Yeah. And, you know, as you start to connect, as as the internet starts to develop, you start maintaining relationships across states and then you go to more of these shows and you go to the reef stocks. And now it's, it's a really strange uh, dynamic because we have community, but then you have the keyboard warriors, right? You have the people that don't show up, but they're just, they're only on the internet and want to um, start shit. And they want to, uh, I guess, knock, try to knock people down and criticize them. I mean, you know, the, the, the internet bullies um, that we didn't necessarily have back in the day. You had to be an actual real life bully <laughs> and do that to somebody's face. Yeah, which is a lot harder. Which is a lot harder, right? I mean, it takes a lot more effort. <laughs> But you also have fake bullies, right? People who are, they're not real people or they're pretending to be somebody else. And then you have, um, I think to further complicate your point, Raj, is that you, you have access to people that you maybe otherwise would not only because the, uh, the hobby is relatively small and a lot of these figures who wish to be mixed into social then allow themselves they afford others access that that I mean, there's there's the whole quiet part of the hobby. The people that aren't involved in socials aren't involved in forums. Yeah. And I that may that may be the larger part of the hobby. But those who happen to engage in socials put themselves in a position to be accessible. So. You're in a way inviting it. Minority is always the majority. Right. In any case, most people don't put themselves out there. Like, I didn't know Remy. He was some dude who had a tank in the windowsill in his office, and then I laser cut him a thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was. And then, then, then he's Remy with Tyler in a parking lot in somewhere in Illinois while I'm picking up corals and getting some jack-in-the-box. <laughs> yeah. While driving, right? While driving my RV. Jim and was then, on I a mean, cross-country we, adventure. Yeah. We talk occasionally and we text occasionally and it's, um, I mean, I value that. I value that access. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's but a- that same access will give you access to crazy people. Flat earthers. <laughs> that's yeah. true. I think that, I think that the, uh, the hobby is coming back around to more of a community feel. I've, I've kind of got that, and I don't, I don't want to totally blame the pandemic for this, but I feel like a lot of people got in. There was a lot of hype over, you know, from 2020 to 2022. A lot of those people have gotten out by now. And, you know, we meet people like Jeff in Cleveland who's, you know, he invited me to their, um, their swap and dude had lasers. It was like the Aquashella of Cleveland. It was crazy. He's super pumped about it. They're putting on... You know, he's putting on 
how to make your own fish food clinics at his house. They're, you know, processing shrimp and, uh, and fish and all these things and freezing it and teaching people how to do that. And, uh, you know, in Indianapolis, they have a really strong club there too. And, you know, a lot of those people aren't on socials. The yep. couple yep. tanks that we featured, uh, I always go back to the eco wheel. Um, but yeah. he doesn't, he's not on socials and he's got like five or six amazing tanks in his house that no one's ever seen before. So I, I think finding those people and accessing those people because they obviously have experience as well. Um, but having those four or five that you go to all the time, um, you know, to answer questions or ask questions yeah. or whatever that is, whatever piece of advice, I, th I feel like that, that community is is where we need to kind of be as in, in a hop in this hobby. But you know, you put yourself out there, you put you put a video out, you put reef therapy <laughs> out, and someone gets upset because you didn't mention what beer you're drinking that week. Um, it's or just you did and it's the wrong beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the internet. You know, it's just how yeah. it goes. So yeah. that's that's the one thing that that I've learned over the years. But uh, I, I also I think that being on it has you know Jim and I would have never connected mm -hmm. ever if it wasn't for this hobby, same with you, Raj, it just would yeah. not have happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like a lot of the conversations that I have offline now, well, I guess it's online, but offline, but it are people that I am quote unquote meeting through this podcast yeah. or through the platform, or, you know, maybe seen them at a show or something like that. And it's, I have these great conversations or great relationships now with, with people all over. And I would not have had that. Or are yep. we not doing this thing and talking right now? Um, you know, and, and Jeff, we need more people like Jeff. He was so awesome. And yeah. what he, the energy that he puts into his community and to educate the, the, the hobbyists there, that's amazing. That was super, super impressive. It really, really was. And I, I'm curious to know, there, there has to be lots of people like that spread out all over in these random cities and towns that... We don't know about because, like you said, they're not on socials and they're not yeah. creating videos to, you know, be an influencer, get clicks. Hmm. I don't see There's some part of me that envies that. I envy that lifestyle a little bit. So I got to be honest. <laughs> 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 Says the guy from Refilters. Okay. That's right. Um, <laughs> Um, let's get, uh, I, I guess we can get back on track here a little bit. Uh, let's get into <clears throat> emergency planning with Jim. Um, if there's one thing that has been a constant with you. It is whenever there's a large storm or hurricane, I can always count on you to have something up on Instagram. Do you have an emergency plan? Do you have a generator? Do you have battery backup? What is it? <clears throat> and every single time a storm would come through, I'd be like, I don't have a generator. I don't have a generator. I don't what have a backup plan. <laughs> All I, yeah, right. All I have are these battery powered air stones, which are fine for, fine. you know, hour or two. But yeah, after we'll, that, you know, what happens after that? Days. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's not the middle of winter, uh, yeah. at least here oh, winter sucks winter sucks yeah. but uh what's your what's your your strategy on emergency planning uh on your reef tank jim just have a plan i don't care what the plan is i don't think it matters really what the plan is just have a plan um you can go as just with anything else just with gear you can go as 
simple and direct and purposeful and utilitarian as you need, or you can go all in with all sorts of fun things and whole home generators like Keith. And I mean, you can really jump in if you want, but regardless, have a plan. And that plan has to include something. So you need, you need to be able to, uh, because the bad thing is going to happen when you're not home. I think that's the biggest part of whenever I've talked about this subject is the bad thing's going to happen when you're not there. So what's your plan when you're not home? Is your is your your critical your your um your critical systems are your critical systems sorry are they on some sort of backup and uh, it really doesn't matter what kind of backup just maybe it's on a battery maybe it's on a battery that's long enough that you can call your neighbor or your local family member to come over and implement your plan that you've already shared with them because they're familiar with it and you're not yelling at them because power's out and you're not yelling at them because you can't talk to them because power's out. And so the tower's down or you you don't have Wi-Fi in your house anymore. So your signal's crap. I mean, do you have a plan? You could make it as simple as you want where there's color coding or whatever, but what's that plan? And does that, does that plan involve, and I'm not talking to the hurricane people. Or the earthquake people, or the right huge natural disasters, big fires, something that Texas ice storms. Texas ice storm was a great example because I I was hit up. What do I do? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you didn't do anything, then you're already hosed. So yeah. now you're just try to save what you can. If you have a gas stove, awesome. Maybe you can help save something. But there's water coming out of your roof into your tank. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. I mean, try to catch it. But <laughs> I mean, make sure you have adequate insurance. Learn from Gareth. Said, double it. Whatever you have. True. If you are just trying to save your livestock, though, have a plan that is uh, as simple and as complete as possible. See, now... Oh, Jim. I bought this generator, and then you're like, but you're not going to be home. You're not going to be home, dude. You're just not going to be home. Like, oh, so, okay. Screwed. I was in Florida this year. And I'm in Florida with my my family, which included my daughter, who is my backup plan. She was there with us. And then that also happened to be the week that my neighbors, who are plan B, were out of town. And then also plan C neighbors across the street were gone. That left Moki, because Moki's <laughs> 10 miles down the road. So inappropriate reefer. Is not part of my emergency backup plan, but I could talk him through it. Um, but that was the first time I think that I've put myself in the situation where I was like, well, if this goes bad, yeah. it's going to go bad this week. But I put the tank, the critical systems uh, on the battery, which is just a big UPS, but it's a fancier kind of thing that's not expensive and easy to assemble. If you can understand that red is positive and black is negative, you can do this. Um, I suppose if you've ever licked a 9-volt battery, I could probably talk you through assembling (laughs) an emergency battery backup system. But uh, the tank was on the battery, and I was able to watch the tank because I had a a GHL mini Wi-Fi hooked up to that tank. So as long as I can see both... Oh, cameras. Cameras are super important, too. I use uh, Nest Cams. 
So they tell me when the, either the internet or power's out, but I'm able to also take a look at the tank, and that gives me some comfort. So, I mean, the tank was on the battery, and I didn't lose any power, and everything was cool. I came back home, and everything was alive. So, But I had a plan. In this particular case, I wouldn't be able to implement it well because, like I said, my backup people were gone. But it, have a plan. This is why you need a good relationship with your local fish store. So yeah, all that the too. people, you yep. can call them up. Mm. Yeah, my local fish stores in a different county. They're across. They're in, they're on the Missouri side. So it was funny when that storm did hit and <laughs> we lost our tree in the front yard and all the things went to yep. crap for three and a half days. Uh, they still had power. They were just like running like normal. Like everything. It was funny. You you emerge from the town that is just trees everywhere, chaos everywhere, and you emerge and everybody's just living their life outside. It's like. You wake up and you're like, oh, this is this is civilization out here. But yeah, it's it's always good to have, like, I I've a very good relationship. They've they've come over here while I've been gone on vacation and you know just drop by the house to feed the fish or to you know make sure RODI is up, you know things like that just to check. So it's good to maybe if you're going on a short vacation, just have your local fish store pay them whatever their hourly rate is. Uh, you know, it could be, I think they charged me $25 for the 15 or 20 minutes that they came in here to check and see everything. Wow. But that way they all solid. They also familiarize themselves with your stuff. If they're not regularly coming over already doing yeah. maintenance on your stuff, um, which I would imagine most hobbyists don't have that. Cause that's, you know, kind of part of the fun. But, uh, if that's the case, have them, familiarize themselves before you go on that trip to Peru like Raj is doing tomorrow or whatever um Miami's this weekend oh sorry <laughs> get them all mixed up <laughs> I just know I'm not invited so do you want to come to so Miami sad. I think I'll pass on that one <laughs> we're doing football oh watch football with us we got a sweet is it Falcons is it Falcons Dolphins it's Dolphins, and I don't even know who the hell they're oh. playing. I think they're playing the um, Patriots. Gotcha. So it should be gotcha. a big blowout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Book a flight. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Dude, and invite I... your LFS people over. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm just showing up to a football game in, in uh, Miami. Uh, if you guys could come over and check on the tanks. My <clears throat> wife is like, why are the fish people here? <laughs> what's your what's your favorite uh what's your easy like the easiest go-to thing that you could have on hand if you know maybe you are home power goes out is it the battery powered aerators is that what's going on or no if i'm home it's a generator period yeah it's a simple whatever you can buy off of amazon or harbor freight or big box hardware the orange guys. I mean, you just, you have a generator. If you're home, it's super easy because then you just, you know, oh, sorry. Before that, you have a box full of extension cords and power strips and yep. you don't touch those things. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your emergency box and nobody's allowed to touch the stuff that lives in the box. And if you need an extension cord for this, you go get another one. You don't take it from the box. Yeah. But you got to have that box of emergency stuff. What kind of generator. box do you use to wear... You don't touch the stuff because if I have a box of extension cords, <laughs> mine is a cardboard box that's in my garage behind the car that's in the garage and the car generally doesn't move. So it's, it's kind of difficult to get to. 
Mm. And then I put other stuff on top of the box. I think if you wrote bills on the box. (laughs) (laughs) IRS documents. (laughs) No, I just make it difficult to get to. If I can reach it with, with, you know. That wingspan's yeah. decent. I can get in there. But. Extension cords, that's a good point because I did not have that. I had the yep. generator, but did not have the amount of extension cords that I needed. So, you know, <clears throat> you came down here and it looked like uh, one of those obstacles from, you know, Double Dare back in the day, the web that you have to kind of like maneuver your body through um, as there's cords just off the ground you know, uh, power strips in midair, you know, stretching to each tank. So yeah, that's a good idea. Go ham (laughs) on some extension cords. You guys ever put your mail on hold while you go on vacation. And then when you come back, they deliver like a ton of mail that you you would have gotten for the past two weeks and they do it. They give it to you in this really cool USPS. Well, it's not a box. What is it? What is it? Like a, it's like, Plastic, it's a bin, right? Coroplast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Coroplast. Right. Yeah. That that's my. I you know. I nice. guess they wanted that back, but um, <laughs> how many people have those? <laughs> they did not get it back, and that's what holds all my extension cords. Yep. <laughs> not for uh, private use. It made national news. So when we had the plane here that flew into, I have Moki posted about it too. But uh, the when the plane flew into the big power lines that were running through. <laughs> Uh, Maryland, and it took us all out, and it was a Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when we got to play with the plan, because I was driving back. We were all driving back. My family was driving back from Western Maryland, and then my phone started blowing up because everything at work went into alarm because we lost power, and then uh, my kid who we had dropped off, he's like, power's out, what's up? And it was a stupid plane. So that's when I got to, uh, and everybody was fine in the plane. So I can, I can say the stupid plane accident. Um, that's when I got to put my own plan to use. So uh, I had one of the generators at home. I had another generator in the RV, but I was able to start up the one at home, get everything going, go get the other one to make sure that the refrigerators were powered up and it all worked. So do you do regular test runs? Of the plant? The generator, yeah, quarterly. Pull that thing out. Uh, if you change your clocks, run your generator, but preferably do it quarterly. You just take it out and run it. Plan, like from A to Z. Only- like, I got to go grab the cords. <clears throat> Are the cords there? I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. It's- Only if I'm showing somebody else. So if I need to show either my daughter or my plan B, um, then I'll walk them through it. But I'm, I know what I'm going to do. How's the solar working out for you? Still doing that? Yeah, right now, no, because I relocated the tank. So, And then we renovated the basement. So that that wire running through the house doesn't exist right now. But I did put the panels up. What are you running off of solar? Gosh, five I, years ago? Oh, I was totally running the old the system off of solar yeah. during the summer. Um, so critical, critical systems ran off battery all day long and the battery was recharged by solar, um, totally DIY and it worked yeah. really well. It was, so it's really similar to what Devin does with, uh, his solar and his batteries. But I, but I mean, that's good for maybe six months, maybe five months. But once the sun starts dropping a little low, then you're, I mean, I would get, I'd get 
batteries running until 9 p.m. during the summer. And then you 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 know the sun's going down when the seasons are changing because you're, you know, you're the beep is happening at 8:50 and it's happening at, you know, eventually 5 when you lose that sun and it switches back over to city power, but it totally worked. It was great. And I just need to rerun the wire and move the uh you move the UPS. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I remember when you first set that up and you were like, anybody could do this. And then you showed the video of the guy that did it. And I was like, I cannot do that. <laughs> yes, you can. Rich, I don't want to name drop, but Rich did it, right? Rich is like, what do you mean? So then Rich and I start talking. Yeah. I'm like, it's this easy. He's like, nuh-uh. Yes, it is. And then he made his videos. He's like, it's sort of, I, I mean, you're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bummer when it's done because you're like, that's it? It was that easy, and now I'm done. That's how it works. He doesn't have solar. He just has the electric and the battery, but it really is that simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like the idea of, you know, taking the tanks offline for half the year off the, you know, the house yeah. grid yeah. and, you know, living off yep. the sun for a little bit. Yeah. I remember when I took my big reef down at home, uh, what my power bill dropped <clears throat> to. And it's a good yeah. thing my wife never looks at the power bill because she how much money was going to power that tank. I don't like yeah. that bill. Oh, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, back to your point. Have a, I mean, have a plan. Back to your question. Have a plan. Have a plan. And it doesn't got, matter what it is. Have a plan. I feel like you've got plenty of videos and talks on that on your YouTube channel and, uh, and different talks that you've done on different podcasts. So I think that that's well-documented if you want to go further into that. Um, before we get out of here tonight, I do want to just ask and go, go back to the coral here for a second. What's your mm -hmm. favorite coral right now? Cause that changes for all of us. I think. I think my, f it's not a coral it's a clam. Cause Mo Mogi gave me this clam. Sorry, Mogi, I keep saying your name. Sorry. Is it um, the one that's ailing right now, or is it a different no, one? No, that's his clam. Okay. And his clam is, I think, I think it's back. Okay, But he good. had this little clam, and it was he just didn't have room for it. He's like, here, have this clam. I'm like, cool. I don't know that I'm going to be successful with this. It's a relatively new tank, and I put yeah. it in there, and the damn thing keeps growing. It's so happy. And, nice. And I think that's funny. It looks so nice in photos. Um, I don't know. I really don't have a, a yes. After I've yeah. corrected their colors, of course, and then course. really blown the shit out of them, just really <laughs> make it look fancy. Um, I don't know anything that stays alive. Uh, I have coral that are sentimental only because I've had them for so long. I've got, I've got that brain coral that my son picked out just years and years and years ago. I mean, I started this what eleven years ago, I suppose. Um, so, I mean, there's those and they mean something more to me than the others, but, um, no real favorites, but I really like taking pictures of that clam. It's super cool. It's got great texture. I like its texture. Raj, what do you got? It's really nice. He's talking about <laughs> clams texture. <laughs> <laughs> we almost made it. We almost, almost. made it. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite coral of all time, Raj, since you don't really necessarily have one in front of your face right now? Of all time? Not really. 
because there've been different corals at different times. You know, my yeah. uh Phaeton that I, was the first one that I fragged was my favorite because it was the first one I fragged, and you know, and then you get Euphilia because it was the first one that grew ginormous in my tank, and it was just yep. so bulletproof. So it, it just it it, it changes. And right yeah. now I have no corals in that tank, so I don't have a current favorite. I have a lot that I'm excited about, but like Ghanis, I'm excited about Ghanis for some reason. I suck at Ghanis. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many I'm out no, there now. I am no good. Well, I, I didn't get to have, in my last reef, I didn't have Ghanis. So <clears throat> this reef, I think I want to do them. Yeah. I'm excited about There's them. so many different flavors out there now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That we can keep alive, which is awesome. Oh, what was that uh, ridiculous one that uh, we saw up at Thans? Yeah, uh, oh, Jeff the, actually uh, had amaze, a bunch of those too. Amaze balls. The amaze, amaze balls. balls. That's it. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty. Was ridiculous. it glittery? So that's my yes. Yeah, it's bit. like orange yeah. and that's my favorite. Fire right orange and and speckled yeah. and yeah, it's a it's a beauty yeah. for sure. Let's go. I would one. suck at that. Amaze balls. I will say that I've had a turnaround. On my lagoon tank, my 25 gallon innovative marine. And uh, I think I'm going to keep it up. <laughs> Everything is doing like I just, I just did a water change probably about a week ago on this and, you know, cleaned off the glass, very much let it go. It was very natural looking, uh, clean the glass. And then it like revealed this beautiful leatherscape of you know i've got a couple of the the willows in there um i've got a a green long polyp i've got a super slow growing deep water um sarco in there as well there's a bunch of baby willows that are hanging out all over these rocks i'm telling you if you have a toadstool and it gets a long trunk on it and it kind of like <clears throat> lays itself on a rock and then one day it decides to leave that skin, that flesh behind, leave it. You will have more. I promise wow. you. Just takes time. Uh, and then I added that pink naphtha, and I love this tank now. Like I've been taking pictures of it again. I thought I was, I was for sure gonna take it down. Now I just want to get rid of this tub. So yeah, you gotta kill the tub. I remember when I had tubs in my basement way back in the day when I was doing the frag thing, growing out corals, and I mean, I, I used to get. The worst SPS, and then blast them with light to see if I could make them color up, recover. Yeah. And I had yeah. tubs all in my basement. It was awful. God, I don't miss that at all. Yeah. I did tub life between the 45 and the 100, yeah. and it was nice to make the tub go away. Yeah. My son's like, Dad, can we make that a bathtub when you're done? And I was like, I don't know if you're going to want to take a bath in that, but uh, maybe we can make it a like a cold plunge in the summer or something. Is it, tall? Is it one of the tall ones? Or is it... Yeah, it's 100 gallon. You could fit in there. Ah, okay. I had the shallow ones. I had shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Were the 50s? I know the 50s are shallow. I don't remember if they were 50s. Were they 50s or 35s? Or I don't remember. They were just yeah. shallow. It just, I mean, it looked like the regular, you know, troughs, but squat. Yeah. 
my my daughter's got a she's uh, into horses right now so that's the whole thing and so her idea for this is just to get a horse so now we have a place for uh, the water yeah you know for the horse to drink and i was like there's so much more have than to get that huh? pharmaceuticals for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need that i need that $250,000 salary is what i need uh I'm talking to raj about that um <laughs> Well, anything else you guys want to talk about tonight before we uh, before we jet? It's kind of a wide ranging conversation. We went around a little bit, yeah, but that's what's fun about this. I don't know. Yeah. I have fun doing that. I, it's it's and you it's, know how I do it. I'm just gonna ramble. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say uh, thanks for joining us on Reef Therapy. Um, if you've got any questions for Jim or Raj or myself, please leave them in the comment section below. I want to thank Jim for coming on today. I also want to thank our longtime sponsor of Reef Therapy, ICP Analysis. You can grab some ICP tests in the description below. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks see you guys. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, all. Thanks for having me. Bye.